Hi folks, welcome to Follow the Leader, a podcast focused on telling character-driven stories through the use of GMless tabletop games where we can all take the lead. You can find us on Twitter at FTLcast and our website FTLcast.com. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FTLcast. Today we're playing Fiasco by Jason Morningstar. For those of you who are new to this game, here are the basics. Fiasco is inspired by cinematic tales of small-time capers gone disastrously wrong. Inspired by films like Blood Simple, Fargo, The Way of the Gun, Burn After Reading, and A Simple Plan. You'll play ordinary people with powerful ambition and poor impulse control. There will be big dreams and flawed execution. It won't go well for them, to put it mildly, and in the end it will probably all go south in a glorious heap of jealousy, murder, and recrimination. Lives and reputations will be lost, painful wisdom will be gained, and if you are really lucky, your guy might just end up back where he started. Specifically, we're going to be using a playset written by us, Standing Stones, and this is acting as a sequel to the game of The Riot Starts by Ryder Rethel we played in Season 3. Uh, you don't have to have listened to that for this to make sense, but if you want to get a feel for these characters and the setting in action, check out Arc 30. But to give you a bit of flavour, this is not a place of life. Smoke and dust litter the air. Lines and lines of factories are all you can see, when you can even see. There is no sky, no stars, no sun, no moon. There is only work, forever. Maybe some temporary solace comes in the form of bootleg wine or flowers, or throwing a week's wage down the drain for a chance to see the sky. Beside that, it comes from those around you, if you're lucky. But it doesn't have to be this way, and that's the most important thing. I'm Jade, and you can find me at Rose on Twitter, and my pronouns are they, them. Playing with me today, we have Brian. Hi, I'm Brian. I use he, him pronouns. Uh, you can find uh, me in the podcast that I primarily do, I guess my primary partner podcast, uh, <laughs> on the internet at uh, Roomware Pod. I'm from the Room Where It Happened, an actual play podcast built on communal world building and having fun with friends. Uh, <laughs> you can also find me over on uh, on Dumb Kids Playing Hero, playing Dante. It's an Animorphs-inspired podcast. And if you like August and you like me, you can find me and August uh, talking about Steven Universe uh, three episodes at a time over on Gay Space Pod. That's at Gay Space Pod on Twitter. Peace. We have Zach. Hello, my name is Zachary Fredericks, and you can find me on Twitter at OfficeGettingGod. My uh, pronouns are he, him, and you can find the music I do at IamBugBear.Bandcam.com, including some of the music that's been featured on this very show, uh, collected under the album title, All Together Now, Songs from Follow the Leader. And lastly, but no means leastly, we have Sam. Uh, hi, I'm Sam. You can find me on Twitter at S-A-K-L-O, and you can find my portfolio website at samkalo.art. Uh, I use he, him pronouns, and I think this is probably the most he, hims we've ever had on, or rather, this and the last time we played with this cast, mm -hmm. uh, on our podcast. It's me and the boys. Boy time. It's you and the boys today. Flashing a peace sign at a camera that isn't there. Cracking a cold uh one open <laughs> with the boys. Yep. Uh, yep. Our lines, which are things we absolutely do not want to see, are homophobia and transphobia, racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, violence against children and animals, sexual assault, domestic violence or intimate partner violence, unwanted pregnancy, plagues and pandemics. Avails, which are things we're fine with addressing but we'll just fade to black on, are steamy situations, graphic descriptions of bodily harm and terminal illness. Now that we've got all that, let's get started. M mournful guitar music, Blaze. Mournful guitar music. <laughs> <laughs>
Alrighty. So did we want to do a quick recap of the events of the Riot Starts game before we roll some dice and get into a fiasco? Yes. Would it be funny if I tried to recap what I can remember? We have yeah, only let's start a start with Sam. <laughs> we only hmm? have a finite amount of time. Are we sure we want to start That's with fair. Sam? <laughs> I, I don't think that we'll finish today anyway. So we might as well. <laughs> Bold. <laughs> Listen. All I can remember. Yes, tell us that. All I can remember. Who are our characters? Galen's sister was there. My character (laughs) was Galen. His sister was there. Um, Galen was the one who was carving, I think, like bits of wood into like a printing press. Yeah. And we're trying to start a revolution. I mean, yeah, that is all technically (laughs) correct. That is the extent of my memory of this game so far, but I'm sure I'll remember more. Also, the fact that Jade's character does not like being called Junie, and that is the only thing that my character would call her. Tell me, Sam, who is my character? Who is uh, (laughs) Brian's character? Your character was here after T undersigned, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Tell us about it. Brian... Uh... (laughs) He's a fucking lawyer and a slippery boy. Um, and Brian's character was really nice, and I can't remember his name. You are um, in the document where it is written, Sam. Yeah, but I'm trying not to look at it because it ruins the humor. <laughs> <laughs> his name is Vi- Wyatt Vancroft. I've scrolled up, and. He was he was nice to Galen, and that's all I remember. He gave Galen a little bit of a purpose because Galen was like, "Ah, I am lost." Anyway, somebody who remembers more, please give us <laughs> give us a bit more of a uh, summary. Go on, Brian. Uh, so last time we opened up in, uh, I guess did, did we never named it. It's just the factory, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's the underworld. Yeah, the, the factory. Uh, yeah, the underworld. We're underworld in some kind place. of like hellscape, uh, like factory, like industrial revolution esque factory. Uh, with us is um, is Galen, uh, a recently deceased king. Even though time doesn't work the same here, he's a recent arrival uh, to this to this place. Uh, a little bit lost. Uh, he is marginally taken under the wing uh by uh juniper who is a kind of like what was it is the six like 70s right yeah she she was a political activist in like the 60s and 70s in the 60s and 70s on normal earth um Mm -hmm. which i don't think galen is from normal earth either um no uh no uh, she was, this was put upon her by hereafter, uh, T undersign, right? That's it. I always want to call him hereafter T underscore. Who is. That's what he works as an IT program. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, who is the lawyer for, uh, kind of for the fact, he's like a freelance, he's like a mercenary lawyer in the <laughs> underworld writing contracts. Particularly getting people like ho- like basically bound to the factory through infernal contracts. Um, and then finally is Wyatt Vancroft, uh, from the Wyatt from a, a dead timeline of, of the room where it happened, uh, where he lost the big battle at the end of our first season. Uh, and he's dead now. Uh, and he's here. Uh, and he, he's the, he's the man who built the, 
the machine that the factory is built around. Um, they, uh, slowly begin to plan a revolution, particularly Junie trying to, like, goad, uh, <laughs> Wyatt into doing things <laughs> yeah. in general. Um, uh, and, uh, Galen sort of helping with this when we discover that his sister is playing our, our Persephone or Nyx or what have you in this particular setting of the, of the queen of the underworld who is, you know, doing her best, probably. Uh, and then, wow. yeah. yeah. Oh, go on, sorry. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Just- uh, there's a, a few shenanigans as they begin to uh, distribute subversive information, and I believe we end on the idea of, I believe the idea that was posited at the very end of the episode was hereafter talking to Wyatt being like, you know, you can do so much more further up the management chain. Uh, yes. Uh, here, so throughout all of this, hereafter was positioning people and manipulating them. Uh, for an ultimately positive end, he's just a real sneaky guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a slippery he, boy, he, like I said. Every time Zach you were not says wrong. his character, that this character is a version of, is working to an ultimate good end, I'm always just like, is he though? <laughs> like, press F to doubt. <laughs> He believes he is. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. he is, he is, yeah, he is trying this, you know, he is using the tools that he has developed to pursue his ends and he thinks that his ends will also benefit other people. Um, and as part of that, he positioned it such that Wyatt was able to, uh, you know, gain a bit of additional power within the factory, uh, the, the part of the way that that hereafter um, influenced Wyatt to do that was that knowledge that uh, higher ups get vacation time at Elysium, um, where there is somebody that Wyatt needs to find. Um, but also because if Wyatt is the one who is climbing the, climbing the, uh, the you know the corporate ladder, then hereafter doesn't get any additional scrutiny on him. Right. And uh, also, why has a history with this whole corporate ladder thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you understand this. You've yeah. done this before. Um, yeah, I, I feel like there that. was also mm-hmm. the reveal at the end that Hereafter was the one who wrote Wyatt's contract, which meant that despite Hereafter being a lawyer from like the 50s and Wyatt being from <laughs> like an urban fantasy cyberpunk future, uh, <laughs> That hereafter was here first. Time is weird, especially Time in the afterworld. In the afterlife weird. slash underworld. Yeah, the afterworld. The afterworld. If you will. Yeah, I mm. like it. Um, and so I think I think. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Jane. Yeah. No, I was going to say I think that covers all the cognizant details. Mm-hmm. And uh, because now we get to uh, roll a bunch of dice and establish what the relationships between these characters look like now. Um, mm. Once we know that, and we've like picked our um, objects or locations for each relationship, maybe we can figure out how long after the events of that first game this is. Yeah, yeah. As, I, as I do think it's been like we've had a, a bit of a time skip. You oh, know, for we're sure. coming into a new a new normal for sure that's been established. Uh, does somebody uh, want to cool. roll all those dice? Yes, I, I will uh, press the random side button on these dice tokens I made a long time ago. I had to uh, 
break out my other plate like my 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 Wyatt playlist, which is radically oh, different from all my there. other playlists. The Wyatt playlist them under there? Just, it's just hmm? I find it harder to read them. Uh yeah. That's about to say. Alrighty. Uh let's uh, go around the circle. Uh, basically, the way we should normally explain how fiasco works. So we roll a pool of dice, and then we use the numbers on those dice to form uh, the relationships between the characters, and then uh, define those relationships further. And we take turns assigning aspects of either the relationship or our relationship with another player. Um, mm-hmm. It's quite complicated to read out, and sounds more complicated than it is when you do. So, yeah. and I say we that we are going to cut out. Dice. We are probably going to cut all of this business out, and we'll jump into telling you what these relationship cards end up looking like. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side, kids. See you on the other side. Yeah, very good job. So we let's, should also uh, run down our yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. So if we just want to now we've done all the uh, dice pulling around and upsetting Zach by moving the dice when he's trying to move the dice. Uh, let's go over the relationship cards uh, between uh, the characters. So. Yeah, if we just go clockwise around, if we want to start with uh, Wyatt. Hi, it's Wyatt Vancroft, your boy. Uh, <laughs> I currently have a relationship with hereafter T underscore. Uh, <laughs> Undersigned. Yeah, whatever. The uh, <laughs> I say your name correctly, Mister Vancroft. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, currently have relationship shadowy dealings uh, dash co conspirators and something dangerous. We have an object. It's something dangerous uh, dash a train ticket out of here. And then I uh, do you want me to do the relationship with Galen or how no, are we do that? Will re- Sam will read that one. Okay, cool. Gotcha. Yes, I have the aforementioned relationship with uh, Mr. Vancroft, as outlined by the contract. Uh, <laughs> additionally, I have a new and burgeoning relationship as rival faction leaders with one Juniper Aurelius. Uh, we have a moral need to find the good in me. <laughs> Do we? Is that how that goes? <laughs> Well, that's what the that's what the words say. But that's what the words say, but it depends on the per- perspective of the person reading it, doesn't it? So we'll it's see. On the how paper, it's been signed. I don't know why we're talking right, about all right. it. All right. So the relationship uh, that Junie, long-suffering Juniper Aurelius, who maybe thought death would be a release from suffering, but apparently not. Um, their Sorry. relationship with uh, Galen, specifically Galen, guarded by the grace and glory of our illustrious shining lord. Thank you, thank you. Uh, we are friends of a sort, uh, specifically bunkmates, have been since Galen arrived here. And um, our locations are sort of the downtime, where we spend our downtime, what little of it. Um, and that could be a number of different places, but uh, loosely it's, that's the category. Uh, all right. Um, and I, Galen, guarded by the grace and glory of our illustrious Shining Lord, uh, have a mentor-mentee relationship with Wyatt. Um, our place is in the restricted areas, specifically a burned-out machine room, which Galen is not really aware of the fact that, of course, for Wyatt, this is somewhat significant. And we have uh, between us an object, which is just simply tools of the trade. What trade? Oh, but uh, tools of the trade. Tools of it, baby. Alrighty. 
so with that established, we can begin Act 1 um, of a playset that we're loosely calling Escape from the Underground or the Afterworld, as it got dubbed earlier, which I actually like, so I might just change that now. Escape from the Afterworld. Okay. Afterworld. Uh, so uh, it turns out, actually, uh, Sam was born in the smallest town. Um, hey. So Sam gets but to just have a person. hair too. I thought I was. I mm. thought me and my rule, like my little like Appalachian hometown, was gonna do it. <laughs> I did not realize my hometown was so small, but you know what? It makes sense. Right. Um. <laughs> uh, so Sam, you can either choose to establish this scene, or you can choose if it's going to be a happy or a sorry, a positive or a negative ending. Uh, if you choose to end it, fuck. we have to come up with the scene for the premise of the scene for you. Cool, that sounds fun. I like that. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but yeah, you huh. get to then decide whether it's going to be a positive or negative scene. Sure. Um, I think to start us off, let's give us a little positive scene or like a positive ending. Alrighty. So we, the rest of us, get to establish what this scene is. Just grab one of the red die. Just for the, uh, for the okay. moment, you'll be giving it to somebody else at the end because that's how Act One works. Gotcha. But just so you know that it's going to be a positive one. So you are going to. Re- so you're resolving the scene. You're asking us to create a scene for you. You're asking us to create the first scene for you. Thanks. I, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Power move. Frankly, oh, just so how long <laughs> after the events of the Riot Stars is this? Long enough for Wyatt and and uh, Hereafter to be co-conspirators and for them to have a faction that is could be considered rivals with Junipers. I'm so mad that that effectively means that maybe Wyatt and Juniper are in rival factions. Well, we are on the opposite ends of this thing, so we have no relationship anymore. <sighs> Not in the d- really? dice sense. Why are they really sad? <laughs> F. F in chat for their relationship. Uh, uh-huh. Like you're after oh. said, it's there on the paper. We all signed it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yes. so obviously time is nebulous in the underworld, but it seems that maybe the revolution has at least gotten further than it was at the end of the last game. And enough mm-hmm. so that there are different perspectives on how it should move forward, which might be why there are these rival factions. Uh, yeah, um, it could be that Juniper is doing a like kind of on the ground rabble rousing sort of thing, whereas Wyatt and Hereafter are doing the take it out from the top. Yeah, I like that. That makes sense. Okay. Um, I know, said, like, yeah, I mean, the president can can change things. Uh-huh. Sure. Hmm. Uh-huh. Um, alrighty. In which case, obviously, we know that Galen's sister. Um, whose name I have forgotten, is the, is the Persephone of our story. Yeah, her name is Fallon. Fallon. It means wolf. She means Fallon yeah. everywhere. Fallon on the whole thing. Because we know that she comes and goes once a year. So is this mm-hmm. a couple of... Because there is a vague concept of years, even if it means nothing for the people that live here. So is this maybe two years later? Has she got, got, come and gone twice? It makes sense to me, Does yeah. that seem like a fair amount of time? Mm-hmm. Alrighty. That sounds good to me. Well, we could have the scene establishing that. Maybe maybe it could be her coming back. So it's effectively the beginning of a winter. Yeah, I like that. Um, 
So I guess somebody then has to either has to play her or we have sort of characters talking about it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I established that if Brian or Zach, if you want to establish like where the scene is and who's in it, feel free to use the sure. locations for inspiration. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Well, so, I mean, probably it's at the, this is, this is her coming back and this is Galen meeting with her. So probably it's at the station. Alrighty. Uh, yeah, well, that's right. I time. guess there's a train station because somebody has a train ticket out of here. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time, there was a railroad track. <laughs> that's a first word to reference. <laughs> yes. That's what this game <laughs> was. Which category is True. the station on? Or is it not? The, sta- the station isn't an area, but the train tracks are. The train tracks are. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Brian played her last time. Uh, it's true, but I had spent most of the game listening to, to Sam's accent, so I was just trying to fake Sam's accent, but at a higher <laughs> register. <laughs> it's okay, just sound like really pretentious, like vaguely give me, give me, nowhere give me another kind hit. of action. Give me another hit of Galen real quick. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, listen, this isn't about right or wrong or good or evil or whatever. It's just about people, and people are messy got it i'm good all right i got this cool okay i don't know where that came from either (laughs) but you know that's galen Mm -hmm. he tries to do good but he doesn't do good very well so uh Mm -hmm. it's 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 uh sepia like huge cameras cameras all like faded orange like uh warm tones but like in that faded way that like evokes the idea of uh nostalgia uh there's steam everywhere as uh like (laughs) three or four train attendants just absolutely loaded down with like boxers and steamer boxes and steam not boxers that'd be weird uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> boxes of boxes yeah. all right uh, everyone needs new underwear eventually <laughs> boxes and steamer trunks and all of that jazz um and uh oh fuck what was her name again <laughs> fallon. Oh, fallon yes uh as jimmy fallon the uh no uh <laughs> fuck off <laughs> um as, oh, so, uh, so somebody well. makes fun of your sister's name <laughs> and you get all up in arms about it <laughs> I'm not making fun. I know, I know, I know. Sorry, Brian. I'm going. As uh, Fallon steps off uh, in sort of like, um, um, uh, I like that you're giggling something. I can hear it. I'm making noises. That's why you can't figure out what I'm saying. Uh, as like Fallon, well, no, it sounded like you were googling something, like you were typing while you were making. Noises. I was, yeah, uh, <laughs> I was actually doing that. Um, <laughs> as Fallon steps off, she is wearing sort of like this uh, powder blue uh, getup of like a dress that kind of comes into like more of a like a, a long sleeve corseted top, with, like a high starched collar, and like a little top hat that is. That is, uh, the same blue, but has, like, kind of, like, a lace ribbon of a sort of, like, light, tan- like, pastel tangerine, uh, and, like, a parasol that matches the ribbon on the hat. Um, she comes, like, sort of yeah. sauntering off. Uh, does she see Galen there, I guess? Is Galen, like, there with the sign that says, like, Fallon? 
<laughs> I feel like he might be, but I feel like he also might be lost in the crowd a bit because, like, the people of this town, like, love her. Mm-hmm. So there's probably quite a bit of, uh, it's not like there are a lot of people coming off of this train. Correct, correct. It's probably, like, two people who are disembarking off of this train. Uh, yeah. And Fallon is probably the only one who's really visible. The rest of them, like, are either, you know, attendants or look like attendants, you know, to draw attention away from themselves. So, I don't know that she sees him, but he's there. He's got a sign. Okay. He might be lost in the crowd a little bit. At least not at first, you know? Mm -hmm. But, you know, the moment she steps down, Galen's probably, like, waving an arm and and going, sister! Oh, shit. (laughs) Like, sister, over here. I would I would back up a lot and yell, yeah. but I think I, I think she like smiles sort of like talks to the attendant, sort of uh, ushers them to like wherever the fuck they're going, right? Um and uh she comes she comes like kind of over in your general direction, like glad handing talking to folks as she's sort of making her way through the crowd and then finds he's like Galen dearest, it's a pleasure that you met me here. He's going to pull her into a big hug, and he is very greasy. He's, like, he's, like, wearing his, like, obviously, like, kind of worn, like, working gear, because his normal fancy boy outfits from, you know, the years past are just not cutting it. Right. Um, And so he sweeps her up into this big hug, probably gets her, 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 you know, perfect, pristine dress a little mucky. If you don't object, Sam, I feel like Juniper... Is maybe there to one to keep you company too to like yes he has permission to be here or yeah to no I like that that he has permission to be there yeah also because I remember like having fun having a contentious relationship between Juniper and Falvin so yes no I like that a lot so she's always just, happy to have more friends here yeah so just stood a little bit further back like arms folded like I hate this <laughs> <laughs> um Galen is just you know sweeps her into this hug is like oh it's so nice to see you sister i we have missed you so dearly down here since you've been gone it's been it's oh it's truly been a trial but it is good to have you back here among us down here um he just sort of puts an arm over her shoulder because he's you know tall enough taller than her enough that he can do that mm-hmm. um i think she uh, starts walking with you, uh, spinning the parasol, uh, as you guys sort of, like, make your, your way through the, uh, the crowd, and she's like, uh, do tell me, brother, what, what, uh, amazing uh, spectacles have I missed this time around? He sort of pauses, cause like, hmm, revolution's not really something I can talk to myself about. <laughs> um, he goes, hmm, Oh, you know, it's been the same old, same old down here. There's nothing really changes here, but, uh, it is brighter with you here, of course. He sort of, like, winces, like, that hesitation probably wasn't great, (laughs) but, oh well, just gonna keep moving. Oh, please. I think she sort of, like, pushes back, is like, you all are making your way toward, uh, like, I guess, probably some kind of car, some very fancy-looking car. Uh, old timey car, um, and and she's like, "Oh please!" I while this place 
always seems to do its best to uh to never change things never stay the same either sort of tilts his head and goes well I, th- I believe an old building down near our factory has been subsumed into our factory and is now a perfectly working and up and running part of the establishment. Uh, and I think she's Are like. There old rundown buildings here? Like, I, they're got, yeah, there's gotta yeah, be. Sure. It's, yeah, no, it's I, I always think of this stuff like being built. There's always extensions being mm-hmm. built because there's always more people. And stuff yeah. getting broken down and having to be shut down so things can be repaired. Just constantly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think she uh, kind of has like a somewhat uh, slightly less uh, jovial and like a little bit more grim look where she's just like, so I see the continued plans for expansion are going well then. Never ends, does it? He sort of is like scratching the back of his neck like, yep. Nope. Yep. We do our best to keep up. Oh, of course, of course. I was stepping in. <laughs> oh, just behind. Oh, hello, Juniper. Junie's here too. <laughs> I forgot. Your Majesty. Uh, yeah. Juniper. <laughs> anyway, Galen's sort of like, well, <laughs> something is up here, and I don't want to deal with it, so we're gonna just sort of gloss right over that. <laughs> Uh, anyways, but how was how was your trip, sister? I I I can't I can't wait to hear all about your exciting adventures up above. Oh, you know, same old, same old. While you may think that this place is terribly boring, uh, the things have a tendency to not have an impetus to change very much. There, though, pleasant is not necessarily the most. Stimulating long-term visit. I suppose. Judith like, like gives her this look. I just like Galen's like to go to. It just looks at oh the God. looks at the queen like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, you and your pacifying bullshit. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for accompanying us here, Juniper. Uh, Throws up her middle finger as she walks away. Goodness gracious. All right. I apologize for her. Um, Galen doesn't quite agree with the whole like, oh, well, you know, it's pleasant, mm-hmm. but nothing really changes. So it's fine. You know, this is better. Yeah. Galen's like, uh-huh. All right. Okay. You're my sister and I love you. I don't agree with you, but I'm going to, again, gloss past that because I'm also, I don't like conflict. Uh, despite being supposedly a hero who lost his crown and tra- I don't like conf- conflict bad. Um <laughs> It's been interpersonal so, conflict is harder than shooting with a bow. True, true, very, very true. Yes. Um, still, do tell all about all the exciting things you've brought back for people. That is what you do, of course. He's like, I know your secret. I know you do this shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think she goes into detail about the things. Uh, how are we landing this proverbial ship? You're the one with the ending dice, so. <laughs> um. I mean, the end dice is positive, so like, just like they they have a good, a good little family reunion where Galen is happy to see his sister again, despite the fact that he's not really happy with the way she does things. Mm -hmm. I guess if that makes sense, it's like I love my sister. I don't agree with her, but I love my sister. When they're out of earshot of other people, does he actually tell her about the revolution? Is this a secret he keeps from her, or is it something that's a really good question? He wants her involved with. 
just knows I think that she, he can't be public about it. I think he does tell her a little bit about what the revolution is up to. Not a lot, but is like, you know, trying to get her in on it just so that she can help when it need when 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 push comes to shove, if help is needed, she can step in. Mm. I know it's not a good idea. Mm. Galen's not very bright. <laughs> nice. He also just really loves his sister and thinks that given the right information, she'll make the right decisions. But he's not giving her any information, so... He's giving her some information. (laughs) All right. He's giving her the information he thinks she'll be able to help with. Right, right. Like, the fact that Wyatt is climbing in the ranks in order to try to make a positive difference. Like you can, sister. You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Hint, hint. You know? If uh, if that's the end of the scene, Sam, you just need to decide who to give that dice to. Who do I give the dice to? I mean, I guess I can't really give it to Brian for playing my sister good. Well, you can. It's to the player, oh, not to the character. Yeah. Oh, is it? Perfect. <laughs> oh, okay. Sweet. Sick. <laughs> can I touch Alrighty. this one? I can touch it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, it's your turn to either frame or resolve the scene. All right. I'm going to frame a, a scene with hereafter because I've been the, – the, 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 the nucleus of this scene has been burned into my fucking head for, like, whatever – how long it's been? Like, what, a year? Since the last you time probably. we did this? Yeah, we'll yeah something yeah. like that. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. It's been a hot second. So. I remember listening to the last the, the last time we did this uh, as I was going to work on a bus – it pre-pandemic was, it was so it's no, been at least a year it was november 2019 we played the first Jesus. game yeah it's a year and a half so yeah yeah it's been a hot second so, yeah i've been fixated on this particular scene so i'm gonna frame this scene hell yeah eyes emoji yeah uh hereafter <laughs> Hello. You get like a memo or an intercom call or something from Wyatt. I think Wyatt still functions out of like the more manufacturer, like the more like workshoppy area of the, of the, uh, facility. Uh, mm-hmm. he feels more comfortable there, but also he does it as a power play because it makes all of the other, uh, other, like all of his peers have to come to him. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and he likes putting them off their like making them uncomfortable and putting them out of their territory I had actually had a bit of an idea mm-hmm. about workplace uh, stuff is that since Wyatt has come higher in the ladder mm-hmm. that he has perhaps um, that like the level of technology that he's used to has started to bleed into the underground well, how weird magic do you guys want to get? Because that's what my why I actually dealt in. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, I don't know. Um, do it. Weird magic. Okay. I think magic maybe it's it start. I think maybe it's started. Like that is starting. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, like maybe I've got a beeper now. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's like, uh, no. What you have is uh, this. This would honestly probably be the first thing that he would figure out. There, you have uh, like a like a comic like old timey key ring uh in every one of those keys is like a, a bespoke communication device for a particular person interesting yeah uh 
So yeah, you get a call on your key from uh from Wyatt to like meet him in uh like meet him on the factory floor or something here in like 15 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you show up, uh, all of the workers from that particular set- section of the factory are outside, uh, because there's like smoke rolling out of, out of that, that room currently. Okay. This is, I wish I could say that this is new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hereafter just walks into the smoke. <laughs> That kind of pulls on the broom of his hat a little bit. Uh, it's pretty, like, it's, it's like a thick, caustic smoke. Um, and, uh. Well, if, if Wyatt isn't outside, then he must be inside. It's true. I I was called to meet Wyatt. Uh, and I think, like, after a few moments, few moments of you, like, I guess in there or whatever, or possibly calling Mm -hmm. out to Wyatt, I don't know what hereafter does. Uh, uh, just kind of walks around mm-hmm. looking for him. I think from like deep within the smoke, you hear Wyatt go, "And what the fuck is this supposed to be, Mister Van Croft? You're going to have to delineate a, sp- a subject of your sentence so that I can help you." Fair enough. Uh, you see, like the smoke sort of like swirl through, and it's like hotter than fuck all in here uh mostly because yeah, uh, yeah. He, hereafter pulls off his hat and starts waving the smoke yeah. around but the way that it it the way that like the camera is angled is like he's waving smoke from in front of him but it's covering his face until he puts the hat back on mm-hmm. uh i think like Wyatt emerges through like the puff of smoke he's in his uh what 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 does a, a contemporary business suit look like oh there we go there's one <laughs> um I think he's he's in like a pair of slacks with like the the like kind of the high waist slacks with the the vertical lines. Um, mm-hmm. A du- looks like a double breasted vest is what this mm-hmm. looks like uh, with the four pins, but it's uh, it's all black over like a white shirt with the high like the high collarless collar sort of vibe. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he just like emerges out of the smoke uh, and is like holds up the the train ticket. What the fuck is this supposed to be? Well, it was supposed to be a surprise, but I guess that's been ruined. You had it delivered to my desk. Was it supposed? I- I'm sorry. Did did the did the the ticket forget the cake it was supposed to fucking jump out of? Hmm. I, well, what I think is that perhaps there was a bit of a mix-up. Um, but this is fine. It, you were intended to to know about it at some point uh, soon, quickly, perhaps in my next scene. <laughs> um, but it's fine that you know about it now. What that is, my friend, is power—an uh, incredible amount of power. And I think why it takes like a deep, like angry breath of just like. Just a, like a deep inhale of smoke, and slowly breathes it back out. Uh, is like, please, I would love to hear how you spend this. Well, first and foremost, I want to make sure that you understand that I don't intend for either of us to actually cash that ticket. Oh, so this isn't the. I uh, he he like smirks some sort of points here after like 
Right, right. So this isn't a play to, like, get me out of the office for a while so you can no pull on whatever strings of the web you've got going on. Mr. Vancroft, that's a one-way ticket, and it goes all the way up. And I don't think that's where you need to go. You, Fair. You know, you t- if you took that ticket, you can't. You, doesn't, you don't get a plus one. And I don't think that you want to leave without your plus one. And I don't want to leave without you. So. Gay. What, <laughs> what we then must determine is in what case and in what context that ticket is best punched in. By whom? For what price? Oh, so it's the carrot on some sort of string you're putting together? Perhaps. It's, in certain situations, it could be the stick. But in either case, it is power. Um, Do you uh, want to determine the outcome now? Yeah, yeah, somebody give me an outcome <laughs> so I can figure out how to spin this. Mm-hmm. What's interesting? Let's give it another positive one for now. I like it when the shit hits the fan a little bit further in. Okay. I'll, pop, I'll pop that just there until you decide where it's going. Uh, I think, like, why it takes another deep breath, uh, this time, like, a calming one, and you notice, like, it physically gets less oppressively hot in this room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, Wyatt sort of, like, walks through the smoke, like, reaches up into, or rolls up his sleeve, like, reaches up into, like, something and just, like, pulls out, like, a thing of wadding that he had stuffed in there to intentionally do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, like, throws it at the trash can uh, and starts heading toward the door and is like, uh, if we're, well, we have the bait now, so we need to try and figure out who we're fishing for then, I imagine. You may have a couple of names on a list for me. I may have some ideas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's like, as he's like kind of walking out, he pulls out his pocket square and like is dabbing his forehead with it. He says, any chance I could hold on to that in the meantime? I think like Wyatt looks, by the way, Wyatt's not sweating at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and uh, I think Wyatt sort of like looks at the the ticket and is like, "I just hate for it well, to be did, damaged yeah. in an industrial accident." Uh, I think he like kind of like pulls open his vest, like tucks it on the inside of the pocket. It's safe as houses with me. Very well, Mister Vancroft. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. We love to see it. We love to see it. So, uh, co conspirators, one, two of, like, neither one of them trusts the other one. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the best uh, kind. Yeah. Brian's got to decide where that dice goes. He has to give it yes. to somebody oh, else. Oh, I decide where the dice yeah, goes? Act one, yes. you give the dice to somebody else. Act one, you keep the dice. Act two, you, you mean act, act two. two. Yes, I meant act two. You know. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm going to give it to Zach. Okay. That tracks. Because uh, it seems selfish to give it to me. You have to give it to somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, can't keep it. Yeah. So, so yeah, and if there's only two people in the scene, same for that. Yeah, it goes to one of them. 
Is that the case? I thought I didn't think it had to go to someone. No, it doesn't. I think oh, if somebody it? like contributes, we could give it to Sam for that for that well-timed game. Yeah, or <laughs> you could give it to me because I decided how the outcome went in the end. Like, which I've, it's entirely up. To uh, the, I, I assume you can okay. gamify it somehow. I've just never tried. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give it to Zach uh, mostly because I was mean and apparently took his scene. <laughs> yes, I was planning on on showing it to you in my scene, um, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, that's the way the game. What you get for growing up in Phoenix? <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, that is my fault. Thankfully, the, the heat didn't bother me too badly um, in Wyatt's scene. Uh, cool. I I am going to um. I'm going to. What's the word? Uh, I'm going to frame or resolve. Frame a scene. And establish a scene. Uh, and that scene is um, we uh, hereafter uh, leaves the the caustic smoke um, goes and puts on a new suit that is not covered in in soot. Um, or really, just in the next scene, isn't it? Is in the same suit, but it's clean now. How does he do it? I don't know. Magic. Um, yes, uh, but does head um, uh, off to? Let me look and see what our locations might be. Um, he's going to go to. Hmm. Where is Juniper? Depends on the time of day. Um, could be. Must, there were there were workers working, so yeah. But I imagine it's shift work, so there's always people working somewhere. True. Um, really, I guess it's if you want like a just after coming off the line scene, because I'm assuming mm. he wouldn't want to talk to her while she's working. So mm. let me know. Uh, sure, yeah, so Juniper is, is just coming off the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, up comes hereafter to undersigned. Uh, you know, uh, smart black suit, ever-present hat that frames his face in such a way as to obscure his features except for a bright smile. Uh, Juniper, says, uh, Juniper is in overalls and a tank top and covered in factory miscellany. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So. Mr. Aurelius. Mr. Undersigned. A pleasure to see you. Glad to see that you're keeping well. So I turn to look at you and just like, mm, I can't say the same, but presentable as always. It's my job. Now, I... We just wanted to check in as, you know, one revolutionary to another. Make it quick. I need to shower. It just, like, starts heading off in the direction of the barracks, like a, a decent clip. Because mm-hmm. I think we said that, like, Juniper is as tall as him. Mm-hmm. So. Like, Definitely stronger. Um, yeah. Juni be tall. He, she a tall lady. Juni be... You be tall. Uh, he is. He just strolls after her and says, "Well, I I'm sure you've seen the winds blowing uh, with uh, the Lady Fowlin returning from her journeys abroad." Mm-hmm. I've just I've just been thinking about dangerous pastime. Oh, 
<laughs> it's only the only one worth having, though. You and Sir Galen um, have a fairly close relationship with the Queen, wouldn't you say? He's her brother. I mm. supervise. Squint screws up her face a little, realizing that's a weird way to phrase it, but also I don't think she's quite willing to confront how exactly she feels about the Queen. So, you know. Chaperone? Sure. Then you are around her fairly often. You understand her ticks and means of being. Tell me, does she like coming back down here? I think that stops her. And she turns around. I, I imagine sort of like this is like a space between two buildings, like a bit of an alleyway. Mm-hmm. Why are you asking? Well, I'm crafting a little bit. If she didn't like coming back down here, perhaps there might be a way that she didn't have to anymore. Perhaps there might be a way that someone else could. She, like, leans against the wall opposite him. Um, just, like, folds her arms over her chest. What's the play here, hereafter? You see, our dear lady of wolves has a unique boon granted to her by the architect of this place. A round-trip ticket that doesn't expire. Now, while she's here in the below the afterworld it is kept under lock and key incredibly hard to access nigh impossible one might say Mm -hmm. but while she's on the train oh much more accessible like She's just full-on squinting at him, like, trying to suss out what exactly he's trying to accomplish with this. Like, trying to... Like, when you try to get enough perspective on something, because, like, she feels like she's missing something. Mm. The cards will be played in time, Ms. Aurelius. But in the meantime, in the interim, if you could find that out for me, it would be very helpful. What are you going to do for me? What do you need? I'll get back to you. And so shall I. And he uh, runs a finger on the brimmer's hat and strolls on out of there. We didn't resolve it as a positive or negative. No, I mean, but we can we can do it retroactively, depending on how people feel about the way that scene went. Yeah, and it can always be the case that, regardless of how the talking went, like the way the characters leave it, sort of a vibe. Mm. So the the our our hold on Juniper's face and the expression she makes. Mm-hmm. Tell me, friends, how did that scene go? Hmm. Negatively, huh? Oh wait. I moved a negative down <laughs> silently. 
cool. Oh. <laughs> well, you have, to, you have to give it to me, and then I have to give it away. Oh, my bad. No worries. But duly noted. I forgot that. I forgot that you set up the scene for some reason. I will take that, and I will uh, give it to someone who hasn't had a scene yet. Me. I mean, yeah. didn't I start? Galen started. Oh right. Someone who doesn't have a. Either way, yet. I'll take it. Yeah. The, um, the, the meta of this game, I will remind you all, is that you want to have, you want to try to have as much of one um, and as little as the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay. It's me. What is this list? All right. I want to establish. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this is the because the queen is back. I want to put this in the speakeasy. Um, Anyone can be there that wants to wants to be there. It's like the off hours for various people. And uh, Fallon is doing the thing that she does, which is like giving out these gifts and pouring drinks. And uh, yeah, that that's the the framing, the setting of the scene. I think. Juniper has her usual perch at one end of the bar where she uh, tends to sit when she's in there. And I think Galen is just, you know, there because he's excited his sister's back and he's, you know, reveling in her presence. Anyone else want to be there? Wants to be there. <laughs> I was reading the book. What, what, what's the scene? I'm no, sorry. Good. Uh, this is in the speakeasy. Um, oh, okay. While uh, the queen does her being the queen back from summer break mm-hmm. vibe, like doing something in drinks and giving people their gifts, like that one song but from you, the musical. I do believe you just got off of work, uh, Juniper. So, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's like showered and all that. So, uh, yeah, she's she's gone along there. I think. That meeting, I use the term loosely, with hereafter is playing on her mind. And they are still, she's still trying to suss out what the fuck his end game is. And she hates not knowing what it is. So she probably has that sort of kind of slightly thunderous expression going on. Just sort of like idly spinning the, uh, I was going to say the ice in the drink. I feel like the, uh, the, the afterworld is too hot for there to be ice in drinks. I don't know, it's just a vibe. <laughs> She's like spinning her drink around with her straw. Yeah, like a little metal stir or whatever. Yeah, I feel like Galen is like resting both of his, his you know, both of his forearms on the bar, which is kind of sticky and a little gross, but he's sort of leaning towards Juniper, you know, looking at his sister, but also like looking sort of askance at Juniper and is like, you know, kicking his feet a little bit and going and is like something appears to be on your mind friend she sort of like swivels her gaze to look at him just like you're getting irritatingly perspective uh, perceptive sorry well when one is king one has to have some sort of perception mm. he sort of shrugs he's like I, I see things sometimes I just don't always understand what they mean <laughs> Well, maybe it is getting better at perceiving me, then. Too true. He, like, raises his, like, shitty drink 
Yeah, she'll tips it slightly towards you, like yeah, the gesture is there. mirrored. <laughs> sort of, she looks over at uh, Fallon and is like has got that same sort of inscrutable look on her face. And says, "Do you think she's happy?" <sighs> he sort of sighs dramatically and slides a little further down. You know, uh, slides his arms a little further forward, like he's just like hunching over because he's kind of tall. Um, sort of hunches over the bar a little bit more, stretches his back out, and goes, "I honestly don't know. She wasn't often very happy in life, so I don't." Sort of tilts his head side to side and goes, I'm not really sure I'd know the difference. She seems happier. Maybe. Mm. Sips more of her drink. Also, (laughs) Fair enough. Also remember that uh, Fallon died like three years before Galen did, um, but she had been down here for like 30 years by the time Galen showed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. So, you know, she's not much of the sister I remember before her death. So now it's been about five years since the last time Galen saw her, and, um, like, 35 since she's seen him. Yeah. But the two of you do talk, Galen. Oh, yes, we do talk all the time about so many varying topics such as, well, of course I'm okay. Everything is fine. And, well, you know, of course everything's going fine down here, too. Such talks. Sort of crosses his arms a little bit more and sips his own drink. So you think she's lying as much as you are? (sighs) Perhaps. I hope she isn't, but we talk, but not much information passes between us. Mm. I think. She's gotten much... Well, she was canny in life, but in death, she's a marvel. Yeah, I imagine being... She always was a better leader than I was. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the problem when somebody's very good at playing the part. You don't know if they're just really into the role or if they've started to actually believe it. Too true. Mm. Takes like a gulp of his drink and makes like a kind of face. Like, this really, really is just truly dreadful. You learn to (sighs) develop a taste for it. (laughs) And she knocks back the rest of her drink. Sort of looks at his own drink with like a look of disgust. It's like, I, I don't believe I ever will. It helps not to think about he- what exactly it's made in. Cool. Thank you. I'm so glad you said that because now that's the only thing I'm going to be able to think of. Makes a sad face, but continues, but just, you know, slurps the rest of it down and goes, Ugh. well, at least it's alcohol. Um, does somebody want to decide how this resolves? Because I think Juniper yeah. is going to talk to the Queen. So. Oh ho! Oh, sexy. <laughs> I mean, I have bias, so if someone else wants to choose, <laughs> <laughs> I picked the last time, so I pick Sam picks. Oh God! Okay. Um. Fuck. I want it to go well. I don't know what to say. Like, I'm inherently an optimistic person, so I'm going to give you a positive die. Alrighty. And that's going to badly stack the die in our, against our favor in the second. Eh, It always makes things interesting. But it's fine. Alrighty. Um, then, uh, she waits for a moment and, um, sort of flags down the queen. 
um, to order another drink. And probably smiles at her a little bit more than she usually does. So rather than it just being a dour expression, it's like a slight uptick on one side of her face. <laughs> you, know, you know, a smile. A smile, yeah. Um, I, I think we can just sort of extrapolate. Um, but she does sort of start having this conversation with the queen while she fixes her drink. And is just trying to get a read on how uh, Fallon feels. Or whether she actually seems happy to be back, or whether it's bullshit. So, and either the Queen doesn't suss out what she's doing, or just it's a pleasant conversation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I suppose I get to decide, like, what information she finds out or what vibe she gets about the queen mm-hmm. so really Zach think? I need to know I suppose in the meta space our character what direction he's hope uh, the hereafter is hoping it will go because if we're moving towards the desired endpoint, which given the name of the game uh, the place that is escaping the afterworld mm-hmm. yes well it would be good for hereafter's plan if the queen would like wanted to leave and not come back. Alrighty. That he is. Not, I won't say what he's angling for, but that is yeah the first part of it. The first step is her wanting to leave or not having mm. to come back. I should say because she's going to get to leave regardless. Yeah. Alrighty. Mm. Then I think what the information she gets is positive is that the place isn't the problem. It's I think she's unhappy in her marriage which mm-hmm. is what her deal is. and But the thing is, Galen is now here, and so leaving without him would be complicated. And she likes getting to see Galen, mm-hmm. because obviously she died and stopped being able to see him and then didn't see him for 35 years. Mm-hmm. So, and then here he is, just as he was when he was alive, except a little sadder, because he fucking died. Yeah, so I think she's conflicted, but also she would like to not have to come back here. Is yeah. is the vibe that Juniper gets, and that's the nature of the positive thing because this is going to be the information that hereafter wants to hear, like respecting the fiction that we're trying to build here. So, I just gave a thumbs up that none of you saw. Mm-hmm. You're so valid. Yeah. So that's that scene. <laughs> <laughs>